This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 793. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your preview of boxing coming up this weekend. And there is actually some proper boxing as well as... Misfits. Describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Quasi boxing. Faux boxing. Faux boxing. Fun. There you go. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's all coming up in the show. Uh, before we get stuck into it, fightdisciples.com is the website. Head there, have a little bit of a nosy round and think to yourself, hey, I like these lads. I want, I want to listen to them more often. They tell you how it is. So let's hit this button and subscribe and keep coming back. Loads of audio feeds. And I've no doubt that the majority of people that are consuming this via audio have already subscribed. So thank you very much for that. If you are a subscriber via audio, if you would be so kind as to just subscribe to us as well via visual. We're trying to grow uh, the YouTube channel. We are criminally undersubscribed. Your words, not mine. Mm -hmm. So please get yourself over there. Have a little bit of a nosy at our YouTube channel. You can watch this show. We are here in all our glory-ish, uh, of which you can uh, subscribe to and keep coming back uh, for every release that we bring you. And there'll be plenty of videos coming up over the next few weeks, especially if you're an MMA fan, because we are going to UFC 294. Uh, which we will be speaking about on our MMA show, uh, no <laughs> doubt, <laughs> given the news that has dropped over the last 24 hours. Uh, now, uh, let's get stuck into a wee bit of box. I went to the Boxing Writers on uh, on Monday, by the way. That's right, yeah. My, my yes. invitation must have got lost in the post. Well, I've been, you know the, I mean. I've been the Boxing Writers before. Your mate got a young box of the year, didn't he? Big Johnny. Johnny Big Fisher, Johnny the Bosch. Yeah, the yeah, Romford Bosch. The Bosch man. Yeah. He did. He was uh, awarded Young Fighter of the Year. I tell you what was brilliant though, uh, Jimmy Tibbs. Oh uh, yeah, super. Kind of, it's kind of a hall of fame. It was it, you get an award for contribution to boxing over the years, uh, and Jimmy Tibbs. Uh, they don't tell you previous to the award about that one. They just they just drop it on you on the night. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they dropped it on him, and he went up, man, and he just dished out a wicked speech. He was. You know what I mean? Proper old school. Dished it out. Told a couple of stories about Muhammad Ali. Mega man. Absolutely. So you do it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mike there you go. There I've, you known, go. I've known Jimmy for years because he he trained um, he trained a good mate of mine, Tony Dodson, down in London for um, for a couple of Dodson's fights. So I, I, I was down there. And I've met Jimmy many times, of course. He, he's one of them icons of the game that, with all due respect, he's probably forgotten more about boxing than a lot of these fucking trainers know these days. So... Very, I tell you what, in the history of that award, no one deserves it more. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he's you, you're just speaking about a couple of your pals. Derry, uh, text me, right? Yeah, I put yeah. some, I, I put something oh, I on was the, there the night, Derry won it actually. I was there, yeah, the yeah, yeah. So he, 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 I, I put some on social media saying I'm at the uh awards and stuff. Derry straight on to me goes, Make sure my name's in that program. <laughs> so, mate, they've not forgot about you. Yeah. Young, he also won Boxer of the Year. I think it was 2000. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 2007, something like that. His name, your name, even faster, yeah. your name's still there, son. It's, you're still on the list. Some hey, some names on there, mate. Naz, uh, Frank true. Bruno, Nigel Ben, some proper ones on there. And Johnny Fisher obviously picked it up uh, this okay. year. So congratulations to him. It's a good prestigious uh, thing to, uh, to pick that up. Uh, and uh, a good night by all, you know. It's, uh, what, what, what I did notice... You didn't end up in some curry house at three in the morning, then street screaming, Bosch. No. Swear that. No. Swear that mate, I was in and out, mate. Bosch. I, I was Bosch. Out the Bosch. back door, mate. Gone. I like it. I like it. 
Yes, it's uh, it's very old school, isn't it? Very writing awards. Very Channel Four would have a field day in there, <laughs> mate. I. <laughs> oh dear. I don't want anything to do with what you've just said. But what I will say is that it is you, you could you could see. Listen, there's an establishment, isn't there, in in British Absolutely. boxing? You know, correct. Old school. It's uh, it is of a certain age. Yes. Nothing wrong with freshening stuff up, bringing in some new ideas, bringing in some new dudes. I'm all for that. And walking into that room, it just hit me. Boof! Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe that needs to be looked at. But yeah. the, the fellas on that vote, the fellas on that vote voting panel cast their votes via fax or carrier pigeon. Some of them still use carrier pigeon. I think. <laughs> it was it's good because it's true. <laughs> it is. It is. Listen, uh, some good conversations, some nice people knocking about. And like I said, congratulations to all the award winners, especially Mr. Tibbs, who uh, absolutely, absolutely deserves it. Good stuff. So I had a little bit of a, a nosy in there. Um, that night has kind of led to something that I'll tell you a little bit uh, later on in the show. Um, okay. Kind of. Is it I a don't feel like you're preempting me for something here. Yeah. Um, is it a 180? I don't know if it's a 180. Or am I taking a stance? You can judge. Listen, we're an open book here at the Fight Disciples. You can, you can, you can come up and, and get me later on. Uh, but let's talk about some proper boxing, shall we? Uh, because this weekend, I don't know. I haven't seen the uh, British TV for this. Uh, I know that it's on ESPN in the USA, so I'm assuming that maybe Sky might pick it up or someone's going to pick it up. I hope so because it's a world title unification. Uh, Correct. We're in the uh, middleweight division. We're in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for a man that we've highlighted on several occasions uh, on this show as maybe the guy at 160. Now that Triple G, it looks like he's stepping away, doesn't it? I mean, he's he's throwing his belts away. He hasn't made an official announcement as of yet. Uh, but the guy that seems to be taking over that mantle is, of course, uh, Janibek Anamakuli, and he is uh, defending his WBO, and he's taking on the IBF champion. The man that actually picked up the vacant title that Triple G uh, chucked away, uh, Mr. Gualtieri. Um... Now, as I look at this matchup, sounds good, doesn't it? A unification. Sounds great. World that's title. That's champ, champ. Yeah. It, world title unification sounds good. It insinuates that you've got a 50-50 fight on your hands. Now, although I would... You suggest that we haven't. Yes, I am. Uh, you know, although I would say that uh, Gaultieri is a very good boxer. He is. He's, he's a slickster. He's got a nice jab. He's got some nice feet. He is absolutely nowhere near the level of Yannibek and Mikuli, in my opinion. Yannibek can box, he can bang, he is ferocious. They don't call him Kazakh Thunder for no reason whatsoever. Um, don't get me wrong, Denzel Bentley kind of showed a little bit of a blueprint, not a major one, but a tiny little bit of one. He made him look a little bit mortal, didn't he, that you can actually get to him and maybe he will have a little bit of an off night. I thought Denzel did that well that night. Uh, but he last time out, he was straight back to it against Stephen Butler. Another fight that we kind of highlighted when there were lots of people were saying, oh, this is a really good challenge. No, it's not. Yannibek absolutely smash the pieces of massive mismatch. Now, I'm not saying that it's a mismatch to that particular level because uh, Gaultieri is a seasoned pro, seasoned boxer. He doesn't have the pop to hurt Yanni Beck. Denzel did. Yeah, Denzel, had, Denzel had a dig to make him think and make him go backwards and make him, oh, hang on a minute. This, if I walk in there, I might get hurt. Yeah. So I might have to do a bit of slickster stuff here. Gaultieri doesn't have that. So Kazakh Thunder's coming, man, and he's going to be cracking the whip on Saturday night. 
So Gualtieri better have something special up his sleeve to keep this kid off him. I personally can't see it. I think Kazakh Thunder is something special. Yeah. Well, he's just looked so strong, Janabek, obviously, since he became a world champion and on the road to being a world champion. He's done it inside a dozen fights or whatever it was. This is the unification. This, for me, tells you everything you need to know about Chris Eubank and his situation right now. Because if it, if Conor Ben had been suspended and was in the midst of a two-year two year or a four-year ban, Gulitieri would be on a plane to the UK right now. Wasserman, Sky... You know, the zone, whoever would have snatched this German world champion up, dropped him in a ring with Chris Eubank and allowed Chris Eubank to realize as well, yeah. the dream he tells us he's got of becoming yeah. a world champion. Yeah, yeah. This is this was the fight he would have got. But actually, this tells us a lot about Chris Eubank Jr. and where his mind's at because he don't give a fuck about a world title because he knows he can earn a shitload more money by taking on Conor Ben and by closing the door on Gulitieri. And I, I truly believe as soon as he won that vacant world title in Germany, um, something that absolutely Eubank Jr. could have campaigned for if he wasn't in the midst of what was going on with him, with Smith and with Ben. Um, I just think he's a he's a mark. He's a marked man in this division and someone who drives ticket sales, who drives money, generates cash. He could easily, easily have got this fight, but instead he wants the Conor Ben fight because he wants the money that comes with it. So there you go. That 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 as much as anything amplifies where Chris Eubank Jr.'s mind's at. If you ever question the fact that he's motivated by money and not titles, it's laid down bare for you right now. Because Janabek will go through Vincenzo and he'll go through him like a dose of salts, and then he'll be the unified champion. And you won't hear Chris Eubank calling out Janabek anytime whatsoever. In fact, he's calling out Triple G if anything else. So, yeah, from that perspective, absolutely. i say Gulitieri, brilliant. World champion, fantastic. Kids never fought outside of Germany, man. His entire record's been built on, built at home against largely hand-picked opponents. Got a couple of couple of wins over guys with decent paper on paper records of re of late. He won the world title by beating that Brazilian, stopping that Brazilian. I think he did. Um, no, all his last nine points. have all gone the distance. He's, mate, he ain't got the pop. pop. No, his last nine. What's he got? A handful of knockouts and his twenty-one. Seven in tw seven in twenty-one, mate. Yeah. 27 and 21 knockouts. That, that, and they were all like, yeah, and they were all when it were like six rounders. Domestic levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about German, you know, German yeah. title eliminators and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's difficult to see. Uh, Vincenzo's basically going to have to produce the performance of his life and Janabek's going to have to produce one of the worst performance of his career to see these belts go back to Germany, to be totally honest with you. I think Janabek wins, wins in style and puts the cherry on the cake of what looks like on paper you know, a nice one-sided night for top rank with the likes of Richard Torres, mm -hmm. uh, Duke Reagan, Keyshawn Davis, Keyshawn all rising Davis. stars, ones to look out for in the future, but all, you know, matched with the type of opponents where they should get, you know, viral moments. It's bad, mate. It's not I a like, good card. No, listen, we've sung the praises of certain cards recently. Obviously, last week, uh, Matchroom of the Zone put up a good one. PBC put up a cracker a couple of weeks ago for us, didn't they? This yeah. is poor, mate. Let's oh. be dead honest. It's a poor card. Don't get me wrong. There's guys on there that you're excited about. Everybody knows that I highlighted Keyshaw Davis as me one to watch. It's an easy win for him, I, I should imagine. I don't think there's going to be too many questions asked his way uh, come the weekend. Richard Torres Jr., best Tash, best haircut, best 
looking uh, Magnum PI impersonator in the hall. Best looking star in boxing. <laughs> I love him. But they've just served up, I don't know what they're serving up for him this weekend uh, in order to give him a, a viral moment. Competitive fights, they are not. And it's a shame. It, I have the, that attitude towards the main event as well. I don't think the main event's that competitive either. I think Johnny Beck uh, does Johnny Beck thing. What is for starting to frustrate me a little bit now, I say a little bit, a lot, is the actual 160 division. Um, because we have uh, a situation with the WBC where Jamal Charlo, we know that he's not well, right? Yeah. We know that situation, and mm-hmm. he's been out for a long period of time. Yes, okay. Did you appease it? I don't think you appeased it by bringing in an interim belt and allowing Carlos Adamas to fight for that. And obviously, Carlos Adamas then becomes the interim champion. What you should be doing is saying to Jamal Charlo, you're ill, mate, right? Go to be champion in recess. When you're right, you can come back and fight for the belt. We're going to update uh, Carlos Adamas. So therefore, that lad then realizes his full dream of becoming a uh, proper world, world champion. champion. And then we're going to push for unifications. Janib Bekadame yeah. should be the, the, the state that this goes. But yeah. we're all hearing the rumours that Carlos Adames now is being lined up because he's a PBC guy. He's being lined up for Canelo's next opponent in the weight division above. It's absolute bullshit. Unbelievable bullshit that the WBC, who are obviously a Mexican organisation run by Maurizio, yeah. are just, it's quite obvious and blatant, <laughs> poking and navigating and helping. What does Canelo want? Oh, let's get him a guy from the division below that he's going to fucking absolutely ransack once again. Nah, mate, come on. Mm-hmm. It's just shite. 160 and 168 at this stage right now needs to get its shit together and its act together because it's becoming dull. It's becoming yes. boring. 160 you know, is just gone completely flat. As talented crap. as Jana Beck is, there's only certain people talking about him, including us, because we know how good he is. But most but people, he, most boxing fans don't even fucking know who Janet Beck is. And that's the middleweight division period. Since Canelo left and Triple G moved up and Charlo checked himself out, it's a no-man's land of people that aren't ticket sellers, aren't money drivers, aren't pay-per-view drivers. The only way you get fresh incentive into this division is to bring all the belts together. Then you go, right, this is the guy. Well, how good is this guy? Well, you know, he's a viable opponent if Canelo came back down. And then you can start a conversation about how good Janet Beck truly is. But while the belts are just, people are just holding them in recess, they're fragmented, there's interim belts, it's just a complete and utter mess. And it's because of the void left by two massive stars. Or you could argue Charlo's on his way to being a star, but Golovkin leaving and Canelo leaving has left this weight division in disarray. And instead of going, right, let's basically have a tournament and bring it all together, they've the, 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 the governing bodies of each of these recognised belts has allowed it to just fragment and go all over the place. I'm all for this fight at the weekend, bringing the belts together, yes. But the the, the rhetoric's got to be from Team Janabek, from top rank. We want the WBC now. We want the WBA now. We've got to bring this division back together. Because I'm like you. I'm lost interest in it. Yeah. I was seeing as well, just again, which made me a little bit angry. Because I want to see Canelo versus David Benavidez. I know I'm not going to get it. Uh, I was seeing that it's going to be... Highly likely to be David Benavides versus uh, Demetrius Andrade. Um, listen, okay, yeah, sound. It's a, it's a fight that is interesting, but it's not the fight. You could nope. make the fight. Why are we pissing about? You're just diluting people's interests in what traditionally 
is one of the stellar divisions. 12 stars the division because we're uh -huh. the majority of blocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, between 12 and 13 star, man. Majority. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck it. Anyway, sorry to dog on it. Like you said, the card isn't brilliant. Uh, they've got some great talent top rank on the card this weekend. Janny Peck being one, a, Keyshawn being another. It's a watch it the next day with the ability to fast yeah. forward. To Mate, you hope. It's one of them where, oh, fuck, there were a viral moment. Go on then, I'll go back and watch it. Yeah. Well, which look, I know, all, I know the all the results of the fights. I know all the results. Yeah. Left hand side of the uh, left hand side, <laughs> the top rank side, all winners. Yeah. Um, before I talk about the uh, the fight the weekend, in my opinion, and it's happening down under, uh, I just want to highlight the fact that Miguel Burchelt uh, is making his longer way to return uh, this weekend. He's taking on Diego Alberto Ruiz. That might be a familiar name with some fight fans. I'll just highlight that in a minute. It's happening on the zone, so we do know the broadcaster for that. First one for Miguel Burchelt for 18 months. He's 32 years of age. He's still got a bit left in the tank, of course. Um, but he's lost his last two. And this it's a weird story, this, isn't it? Because obviously he was on this phenomenal run, runs into Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez has uh, had a, a sip of his herbal tea and delivers this absolute fucking horrific knockout. One of the, yeah. like, I think we even crowned it knockout of the year before we found out about everything uh, yeah. that uh, Oscar Valdez had done. Stripped. Stopped it and, it and it stops him in his, uh, in, in his tracks. He then has 15 months off. Birchelt, this is, gets himself straight. He goes, right, okay, then I'll go up to lightweight. And he runs into Jeremiah Nakatia, uh, Nakatia, who, brilliant, great. We've seen him in with some top top boys in the past. And Nakatia stops him. We in, we in six rounds. So now he's taking another 18 months off. We all thought that maybe he was going down the path of retirement and we wouldn't necessarily see him again. But he is back this weekend. He's taking on Diego Alberto Ruiz, as I said. He's the guy that upset Gamalify in Nottingham. Now, you know, that's a stellar win. It's a great win for him, but he has lost five of his of his last six, the win the being against <laughs> Gamalify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, it is that. So this is this is absolutely make or break for Miguel Burchell at the at the weekend, man. Is his head right? Has he got over that what seemed to be that knockout because he was on a stellar run. He was beating dudes. He yeah. was he was the guy. A lot of people were saying going into the fight with Oscar Valdez, <laughs> he'll he'll absolutely com comfortably take care of. He was uh, the favourite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Valdez was just sensational that night, and we all found out in the aftermath as to why. Um, so this is hugely make or break for Miguel Burchell. I really like the lad. I think he's a. I think he's obviously when you've got that much power and you're a small dude, you're always going to be interesting. Um, and I hope that. A fight against a fighter that failed the performance-enhancing drug test does not completely derail yeah, what, what what he what he is or was, because that knockout was obviously psychologically really really affected him. Damaged him, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm missing that last time out to me against Nakatia yeah, when man. he got stopped again. Mate, you know, he, he was miles off it. He looks a shadow of himself. He got dropped early in the fight and then stopped around six or seven rounds. And, and that's just not who Birchelt was. He had a sensational chin and he just looked so susceptible last time out. And you just wonder whether maybe that's what the break has been about. Go away and have a break and yeah, get your you head know, right. Get your head right, yeah. Because he was on a he was on a freight train to the moon, wasn't he, before he ran into Valdez. So really disappointing for him. Yes, of course, this is the perfect opponent that bounced back against uh Diego Ruiz is alive and kicking as a viable opponent yeah. based on that one win over Gafal. 
even though the losses around him, you know, he's losing to the likes of Mick Conlon. He's losing to good people. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a draw with what's his name, didn't he? European champion uh, McGregor o- over here. Lee yeah, McGregor. McGregor. But this Mate, is good. He, yeah, of course, he's, he's of that level, but Michel is supposed to be way above, isn't it? Exactly. And Ruiz is, you know, losing to habits. And right now he's in the habit of losing fights. So Birchell just needs to pounce on him and just prove to himself. I think this is more of a fight for Miguel yeah. Birchell than it is for anybody else. You know, when you've been chinned twice back to back after the run that he'd had, when you when you go from being the hammer to being the nail, it's a psychological thing. And it's how has he recovered psychologically? This is the guy where he can look good against, where he can afford to let his hands go, not worry too much about what coming back. But this is the answer. You know, he'll know at the end of these 10 rounds, if it goes 10 rounds, I don't think it will. Mm. But he will know when he goes back to his dressing room what he's got left and if he's got anything left. Um, the only other fight on here is that uh, Lad Isabel, who's the next big star of Mexican uh, mm. flyweight division. He's undefeated in 16. He's going in with Felix Alvarado. Who, as we've seen recently, Sonny Edwards uh, came through against him in Sheffield, but Alvarado made a good fight of it. It certainly wasn't all one way for, for Sonny Edwards. Lord Isabel will be a future Sonny. You know, he, he's basically getting lined up as, as a potential opponent for the winner of Bam versus Sonny. Um, so he'll want to look good against Alvarado, but it's a big step up for him. You know, he's got kids got a good underbeated record, but you know now he's in you know contender class. Can he produce the goods once more? So that's going to be interesting, especially if you're a Sonny Edwards BAM fan. It's worth tuning into Angel Ayala just to see how good that kid is and you can get a little bit of a match for him. But yeah, those are the two pick-out fights, obviously. Birchell's future on the line and uh, Angel proving that he could be next for Sonny or BAM. We think it's... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need some help from uh, the Fight Disciples. I can't see British TV for this, so I expect some link to be sent my way uh, for the early hours of uh, Sunday morning, because Tim Zoo's back in action, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Tim Brian Mendoza. Um, now, last week we were saying, that, mate, this is a great fight. The last week we were saying that Lee Wood is the most exciting British fighter active at the moment. Tim Zoo's slowly becoming that world for me on a world level, man. Yeah. Every time I'm like, fucking hell, he just keeps just rising those levels nicely. Rising this- on the world level. Why is you, I think is Lee you... Wood's got to be classed on the world level as well. He's a world yeah, yeah, I was just being kind. Like, yeah, he's yeah. British, okay. but from an inter... All right, then. Best way of wording that, then. International fighter. Mm-hmm. Is that better? Can I do with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, mate, super super exciting, uh, Tim Zhu. And Brian Mendoza is a very, very viable opponent this weekend. Now, here's the good thing. Um, WBO got the act together and he said, listen, you can't just keep fucking about and not fighting in this division, Sunshine. So give us that belt back, Mr. Charlo. We're upgrading Tim Zhu. So this is the first time that Tim Zhu will actually be fighting as a full world champion. Obviously, he's picked up the interim. He's defended the interim. Charlo legged it up uh, and gave a no-show at 168. So the WBO now have taken that off him. He's the unified champion, not the undisputed champion. And Tim Zhu is the WBO super welterweight champion. And that is what this is for at the weekend. Randomly, Brian Mendoza holds the WBC interim. Uh, world Championship, because that's what the WBC opted to do. Hopefully, by the weekend, WBC have gone, do you know something? Fuck it. Let's upgrade yeah, him. Man. Fuck it. Yeah, go on. Why not? Give us that back. Charlo fucks off, innit? Charlo's a bit. Give us that WBC belt. We'll upgrade that. And this could end up being a proper unification. I don't think it will, because you know how those people work. Uh, but that would be tremendous if they uh, if they could do that. Uh, last time out for Tim Zoo. 
He absolutely splattered Carlos Acampo all over the gaff. He was at his ferocious best, frightening his last performance. He was absolutely top, top class. Brian Mendoza, though, is a very, very capable opponent. He can punch yeah. a bit. There's no doubt about that. If you remember, he fought Seb Fondura, who yeah. is six foot five and making 154. Dead, crazy, long levers. A lot of real estate, of course. Uh, and that's what kind of became his downfall in the end against uh, Mendoza. But listen, he has lost a couple. He's never been stopped. He dishes out stoppages. This is it for him, man. He's going to bring it. I think this is the fight of the weekend, Tim Zoo, Brian Mendoza, mate. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, uh, Mendoza, as you say, is very capable. He's only got two losses on his 20, 24 fight record. And if you go down and look at those losses, he lost two. Uh, his first fight, his first defeat was a split decision over eight rounds. Um, but if you go on to BoxRec and see the fans scored it, where the, there's an element on there where you can see how the fans scored the fight. Yeah. And the judges the scored the fight. The fans actually gave it uh, to Mendoza rather than okay. to, to Larry Gomez. So potentially that's a bad decision. Now, he did fight Jesus Ramos Jr. in 2021, and that was his other loss. He lost over 10 rounds, got comprehensively outboxed over 10 rounds as well, according to BoxRec, lost nine of the 10 rounds. Could you put that down to be a bad night at the office? Yeah, maybe so. Everyone's everyone's way for bad night at the office. Since Chuchin then, recent say, though, man. Yeah, he's been course, great. Since then, he's had three wins since that performance, all been knockouts. Mm -hmm. The Fundora one was the breakout performance. That was the one that's got him into this position to get a world title fight with Tim Tazu. And yeah, he goes to Australia with absolutely nothing to lose, does he? He's never fought outside of the US before. That could be a bit of a concern for him. But uh, and I, you know, Tim Tazu's creating a little bit of magic down there, as we know. But, uh, but yeah, it, listen, he can punch, he can box. This is a good test for Tim, too. He's ferocious, man. I, yeah. I genuinely think, I think he's the guy at 154. I really do. I would love to see him get an opportunity against Charlo, even though I'm on record saying that, listen, I want Crawford to get a, a go against a, a Charlo. That would be a great fight. But I think Tim Zhu now is at that level where he needs a super fight. And listen, this is no disrespect to <clears throat> Australia because he's built up a huge fan base. He's absolutely ripping the back end out of it, isn't he? I'd love him to go to Vegas, New York or something like that and have a little bit of a go over there because they'd fall in love with him. His style is absolutely made for entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, but he's just like his dad, isn't he? He's a chip off the old block. He's very strong, very powerful, sets an incredible pace, you know, punches ferociously. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's a monster. But, you know, the Australian fans know they've got something a bit special here. So that's why they're holding on to him. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it'll take something special like a, a Charlo, Charlo fight, like a Crawford fight or something like that to get him out of Australia. Because he's generating good numbers over there right now, and obviously I'm betting he's doing well on on, on national TV over there as well. So uh, yeah, I think he could be right. He could be the best middle. He could be the best light middle in the world. When are we going to see it? When are these big fights going to unlock? I don't know whether Charlo's going to come all the way back down to eleven stone. Whether he might float at middleweight nowadays, kid being out of action. Or whatever he's well. To be honest, I don't think anyone's in a rush to see either the Charlos fight anywhere soon after recent actions, anyway. So 
this could be the time for Ch- for Tim to do to clean up. Mm. Uh, speaking of Crawford, saw him in South the other day. Did you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> we're in South Wales giving, giving, <laughs> giving, giving, giving character witnesses. Is what he was doing, looking after his pal who's uh, who's been. Apparently, they were, they were inundated, weren't they, with character witnesses? Yeah. Apparently, there's fucking hundreds of them all come, all flew over, all wanted to speak on his behalf. And listen, we we got our ears to the ground in this game, and everything anyone had said about Bomac was always positive. Was always he's there for his fighters, he's there for the kids, he's there for the grassroots. You know, he regularly drives eight, nine, ten hours across America for like skills, kids' skills. You know, amateur boxing fights and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not like he was he was ever painted as a bad guy or any kind of a gangster. It's just the way the world is in the US. We've been there many times. You have the right to bear arms and most Americans do bear arms. He just, next time. Yeah, but you're in the UK, mate. Next time. He, you need to just make the, sure. Mate, they ain't going to be here next case. time. I don't, I, no. I, don't, listen, I don't think you'll ever mate, come back. Mate, listen, I've been stopped at fucking customs for carrying too much recording equipment and fucking yeah. going over my limit on the aftershave allowance on milliliters sunshine. The fella's got a bloody... Gun loaded in his buddy in his boots. You know what I mean? Anyway, it is what it is. It just, it just highlights out how much um you know money talks, doesn't it? You know, he flew in on a private jet and no one even realized he had a loaded gun in his back. And it's only when he tries to go home commercial that they pick up on it. You know, what else is getting flown in on private jets every couple oh. of minutes in and out of this country? Makes you wonder. But hey, money talks. One day, lad. One day, me and you will have a private jet. We can fly yeah. around with all That's kinds. It. I can have 250 mil on me aftershave rather than a crappy 100 yeah, mil. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Suitcase full of ciggies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Do you, want, do you want to hear about my U-turn? Well, now I know. I, I, wait, I know where this is going now, obviously. Here he is. Here he is, eh? Go on. Get your prime out. Get your misfits t-shirt. Oh, on. I'll be fucking yeah, primed fucking... up to the tits oh, on Saturday no, night, lad. He's all in. Whoa! Never let it be said, ladies and gentlemen, that my friend here doesn't like the sound of a pound note. Go no, on. you what, fucking. What, listen, what, you, bag of money at you? <laughs> you know, you know the truth. You know the truth. Anyway, this is what's happened. So everybody's heard about my stance on misfits, um, uh, and obviously, oh, Watson, good luck to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But what I'm referring to is that earlier on in the year, obviously, I said, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a Misfits event. I need to know what it's all about. So I can't come on here and keep slagging it yeah. if I've never been. So I went and did one. And the reason why I did one is because the radio station that I work for have a partnership now with Misfits. So they broadcast it on their network. So I went along, went, all right, all right, Sam, I've seen it now. Don't need to do any more. So I've obviously reneged on every single broadcast. Cost me money, that. <laughs> just putting that pre- prefix in there. Yeah, exactly. Because, and the reason why is, as we've said, listen, it's not high-level boxing. Is it competitive? Yeah, because it's lads that don't really Novices. know what they're doing. White collar. It's white collar. Yeah, do, do, doing what they're doing. It's not elite-level sport. And I personally, my personal opinion on it is that if you're going to do it and you're going to put it on a platform that is traditionally selling itself as we are the players for boxing, then you have to have a different boxing team present that so the audience know Right, this ain't the proper stuff. This is the fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This yep. is soccer aid without the charity element. Correct. Um, be- soccer aid oh, except right. KSI is keeping all the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when I turn up, 
people then go, oh, this must be proper boxing because the proper boxing team are actually presenting this, right? So, so that was mask. so that that was always my argument. Fake anyway, mustache was, and a wig. <laughs> shush for a second, right? I'm trying to explain before people give me shit. <laughs> we're we're going to give you shit anyway. Everyone watching this and listening now knows Nick's powder is dry. <laughs> as soon as he shuts up, he's going to get his ass whipped out of him. Go on. Yeah. So on. Uh, as you know, I turned down the opportunity to do uh, Tommy Fury's thing with Jake Paul, right? Same reasons as I've just explained to you. Yeah. But that whole process wound me up. And it wound me up as I was listening to it and watching other people obviously do the presentation and all this type of thing because of the way it was sold. It's being sold as boxer versus YouTuber and how competitive that could be. And we all saw how that all ended up playing out. So on Monday, I'm having a conversation with the powers that be. And we were, and I was, I was airing my grievances. And then I was set a challenge of, well, why don't you go out there and tell the fucking truth about it then? So obviously then I thought to myself, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to go and tell people that I don't believe Tommy Fury is a boxer. So when people are out there saying he is, he comes from this great lineage and he is this particular thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge that because I don't believe Tommy Fury is what you would class as a proper boxer. I'll justify that in a minute. I also don't believe that the fella who's in the co-main event, because I'm passionate about MMA, Dylan Dennis, is a proper MMA fighter. So when people are out there, because I know full well Dylan Dennis is going to get beat this weekend. That's going to happen. So I do... I do not want the narrative to be a kid who sells prime beats an MMA fighter. That's bullshit. That did not happen. If I'm in a position to be able to stop that narrative or at least argue that narrative in the moment, I'm going to take that opportunity. So, yeah, mate, I'm at Misfits this weekend doing my thing. Doing your thing, eh? Mm. Doing your thing. Go on, get it out your chest, and then I'll justify why I don't think Tommy Fury's a boxer. I thought you were a professional. <laughs> I thought you started this podcast with me to talk about the Champions League of fight sports, to talk about the very best of it. We've just previewed Tim Tazu, the future of middleweight division, yeah. like middleweight division. We've just previewed Janabek the future of the middleweight division, the future unified champion. We have a little talk about Sonny Edwards and the flyweight division. This is the Champions League of boxing. And now we're going to end the show by talking about a YouTuber taking on a guy who's saying, a guy, a celebrity whose name happens to be Fury, a guy who's famous because of celebrity Love Island. Yeah. And there's a re- there's a, a a guy on there that's a YouTuber turned wrestler. I've got no issue with calling Logan Paul a wrestler. He's in the he WWE. Is. I've seen him jumping off the top rope. Fantastic. Yeah, he He's a wrestler. Yeah. Dylan Dennis is known for being Conor McGregor's jujitsu sparring partner. That's it. He's pulled out of fucking more fights than the anybody. In yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has pulled out, and I'd be very surprised if he enters that ring for the Misfits on Saturday night. But I can't talk about that fight. It's not It's not real. It, it's all not real. It's Fugazi. It's faux boxing. The, mate, this is the point. There's people out there this in is our like game. Us. 
talking about fucking this is like this would be like a, a a Premier League podcast, a Champions League podcast talking about non-league football. That's the equivalent. That's where I put this. KSI versus Tommy Fury in terms of UFC being the Champions League, boxing Tyson Fury being the Champions League. This is non-league football. These are basically paid amateurs. That's right. all this is. Okay. But there are people that do what we do for a living that are out there telling falsities, mate. Mm -hmm. They're selling a false narrative on this sport. Correct. The shit that we love. Yeah. So if I'm in a position to be able to go, what the fuck are you talking about? Would you take it? Depends how many bottles of Prime I'm getting in the back door. <laughs> Here, here's my argument, right? Of why I don't want to keep referring to, to Tommy Fury as a boxer, because he isn't. Uh, no. And there's also this other narrative from the mainstream of, of referring to it as a dangerous mismatch because of the false narrative that people keep selling that Tommy Fury is a boxer. He is not, right? In reality, this is not a dangerous mismatch. Tommy Fury would not, won't ever win the British title in either lightweight Oh, sorry, light heavyweight or cruiserweight? I don't even, I, I wouldn't even say that he's a top 10 he's in not. any of those divisions right now. Right? He, is the, he is the best guy. Domestically? Amongst... You mean he domestically is... as well, by the way? Let me just interject yeah, I'm not talking there. He doesn't world. mean world level. He I'm means talking... domestically, Tommy Fury is not a top 10 lightweight, light heavyweight or cruiserweight. That's a fact. He is the best guy amongst these limited ability level novices. That's what, that's what he is. He's yeah. a, it's a, listen, it's a fantastic career choice. I'm not knocking that. Absolutely. Go and fill your boots, son. Be the guy at part-time celebrity boxing. Because these guys, even Tommy Fury, are earning more dough away from boxing than they are here. Correct. Right? This is part-time work for them. They're just using their major audiences to leverage the, 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 even more cash. And boxing is, it has fallen into this, this, this murk uh, of which winds people up. And winds me up. Look at this, right? And now I'll back up the light heavyweight thing. So light heavyweight's Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, Callum Smith, Anthony Yard, Josh Buatzi, Dan Aziz, Lyndon Arthur, Craig Richards, Willie Hutchins, Jack and Pitters, uh, Ricky Summers, Ezra Taylor, Ben Whitaker, Carol Atuma, John Hedges. Do you want me to keep going? I've named 12 there. Yeah. You can keep they going. all beat him. They all beat him easily. Well, uh, it's not even that, Adam. Not one of them guys would use Tommy Fiore as a sparring partner, right? Because he's he's a relative novice. That's just so he might argue he might argue that he's a cruiserweight. So, Billum Smith, Akoli, Reactpour, Chev Clark, Jordan Thompson, who just got splattered off uh, Jai Opataya, Ellis Zorro, uh, Isaac Chamberlain, Mikhail Lawal, Vidal Riley, Vidal it's Riley, Tommy way. Fletcher, Nathan Corliss, who got beat off Vidal Riley. They would all beat Tommy Fury. Yeah, of course. So what's that? Another 12 of our name there? So he's... the point is, though, it, 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 he's being dubbed a boxer because he's got a license with the British. He had a license with the British Boxing Border Control. He's had British Boxing Border Control license fights. So even though the people who he's beaten right. in his nine wins are shockingly poor journeymen. You still can't say he's not a professional boxer. He is a professional boxer, but he's no, taking a different path now. Not now he's doing faux boxing. He's no longer doing a box. He's no longer boxing. He's faux boxing now. Yeah, but but that's the narrative. That's the narrative. Like you just said there, you're, you're 100% right. Who's he beaten? First fight, he fought a guy that's got 10 wins and 102 losses. Next fight, zero wins, 26 losses. 
Two wins, 26 losses. Zero wins, 11 losses. Zero wins, nine losses. 2-0 and over four rounds. He went the distance. He then fought somebody who's never fought before. Oh, he had fought before, but only lost. Zero and one, non-boxer. And then he got a 10 and one. Okay, that's... Oh, oh, are we going in the right direction here? No, we're not. We're going to Jake Paul. That's his next one. There's a, there's a level thing to this. People are... He's a professional boxer. When you say professional boxer, it automatically makes people think in their brain of a certain level of fighter. This guy's not at that level. This guy is at the level of the guys that he's fighting in celebrity misfits for boxing. I would counter that and say he isn't. He's above the level. He's above the level of Jake Not massively. Above the level of KSI because he's trained for more than a minute. and. He, at one stage in his life, truly believed that he was going to try and forge a career as a professional boxer. It's only that both celebrity, his own personal celebrity, where he became, because of Love Island, he became too famous, necessarily, he felt, to fight for 10 grand on a Friday night on a Frank Warren show on an undercard of a next-gen card, mm -hmm. when, because of his celebrity and the rise of misfits, of faux boxing, of celebrity white-collar boxing. They, they, two of them came together. So when we only had necessarily KSI driving the needle in the YouTube space in this country, and you've got two brothers in America driving it in that space, it left a void over here for somebody from the celebrity world rather than the YouTube world to step in. And Tommy Fury, in my opinion, I've got I've got no issue with Tommy Fury doing this. No. Everything you just explained, Tommy Fury, had he stayed professional, just in boxing, yeah. would have really struggled, really struggled to win an English title. Really struggled. English yeah. title. I'm not talking about British, English. Yeah. He is playing the cards that he's been dealt. He realizes, wait a minute, I can become a multi-millionaire taking on guys that have been boxing for five minutes that are doing boxing part-time as a side gig to their YouTube endeavors, to their, you know, drinks endeavors. Sound, I'll go over there. And, and why would they want to be a little tiny fish in a big pond full of whales? But unfortunately, I'm a little fish with the target on my back name next to me, next to the word Tommy. So I'm a, I'm a, people want me and they want me bad because I'm a fury, but I'm in a tank full of whales or I can jump over here with that same Fury name and be a, myself be a shark in a very limited tank. And so I've got no issue with him knocking, jumping over. As you say, my issue is for anyone that goes, oh, the YouTuber might beat the boxer here. Tommy has made a decision. He has come away from the sport of professional boxing. He has now entered the area of faux boxing. And over there, he might be the fucking Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, the best we've ever seen. He probably should be because he's been training longer than a couple of years. And because of his family name means that he had gloves on when he was a baby, you would have thought. So for that reason, he should dominate over there. But let's not, let's not blur the lines here. Tommy Fury isn't playing the same sport as his brother Tyson. Tommy Fury is in a different sport. And let's categorize it as what it is. It's faux boxing. And it'll do the biggest amount of numbers on British soil this year, I think. Of course it will. Because KSI is a fucking superstar. An absolute superstar. He's like, he's like this generation. He's like their David Beckham. You can get him on YouTube. You can get him on your video games. You can get him on your Twitch. You can get him on, you know, your, 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 your sports world. You can get him in the supermarket shelves. He's an intelligent lad. I told you. 
I, I, I met JJ, spent time with JJ, and he's an in, incredibly, he comes from a wealthy family, a well-to-do family. This is all premeditated. This is all thought through. This is all planned well in advance. The kid's just not, and the, the Pauls are the same. They're from a good family. They're intelligent lads. They know what they're doing. They're utilizing their fame in a certain space to capitalize on the fact that boxing hasn't got a governing body to go, you can't do that. You can't do that and call it boxing. So they're allowed to run free. And what they do with their audience is sound. I've got no issue whatsoever. I think a lot of people watching this who are boxing fans won't be buying KSI versus Tommy Fury, won't be pulled into that world. Sound, man. Guess what? They don't need you and they don't need me. They've got an audience that will want to buy it. My little lads is, you know, one more YouTube video away from going, Dad, I want to watch KSI this weekend. And you know what he does? I'll probably buy it then to keep him happy. But it's not boxing. It's a different world altogether. And Tommy's the king of that world. Or at least he bloody should be. Uh, well, I'll be on national radio at the weekend. Probably the only person saying what you just said. Yeah. Polishing <laughs> just, it. Just on me on like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you'd be surrounded by ex-pros and everything who are like, oh, oh my God, the, the winner of this could beat Canelo. <laughs> oh, no, Calm the fuck down. But you will. Mark my words. <laughs> what comes next after this? I'll tell you what comes next. The winner fights Jake Paul. <laughs> That's what comes next. It's not hard. It's not like they're in this pool of boxes. Jesus Christ. It is what it is, man. <sighs> anyway, if you got... Fem as a sham. I bet he doesn't even turn up. Yeah. And if he does, he won't turn up because he can't box. Yeah. <laughs> Neither can Logan. <laughs> Jesus I know. Christ. Anyway, good luck with that. Enjoy. Do you know what? From what I've seen, and I've never been to a Misfits event, obviously, because, you know. Mate, the event. I'm a grown man. But I bet the events look wicked. The music's Mate. on. It's like a night out. The events are absolutely sensational. Have a word that I, some I, of the uh, some of the kids at Cage Sides even get some tips to drive our social media numbers up. Those kids have probably forgotten more about social media numbers than we'll ever know. <clears throat> anyway, if you're anyway. taking your kids to the Misfits of the Weekend, I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be with the one with the fucking prime t-shirts on That's the prime it. baseball. At them. That's on chain with a microphone screaming, Canelo, he's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Tim Zhu is the fight of the weekend. Make sure you've got your eyes firmly fixed on that. Uh, we will be back. Uh, in fact, we might have to go earlier because we've got a flight to catch on Monday. You see, we might have to. Uh, Get to get the show out to you a little bit earlier, the re, the review show from the weekend. So keep your eyes peeled. That's why I tell you to subscribe because you don't want to be missing out on the stuff uh, that we're doing. Uh, so subscribe to us on uh, YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for there. And of course, if you need an audio feed, fightdisciples.com is the website. Go and get stuck in. Go and have a little bit of uh, fun with it and make sure you keep coming back week after week, time after time. And on that note, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.